it's time to experience the Synergy Connection Show with your host, Lucy Forsting. Good morning, everyone. Welcome to the Synergy Connection Show, where we try to help you understand the complexity of who we are as human beings. So we have a spiritual side, we have an intellectual side, an emotional side, and we have um, a physical side. And without the physical part of it, it's pretty hard to connect the other three, because if you're not feeling quite yourself physically, you're tired all the time, maybe you have an autoimmune disorder, maybe you have cancer, maybe you have cardiovascular issues, whatever it might be. If those things are taking away the joy of your life, then it's important to get that back into balance. So I always refer people back to my website. It's www.synergyconnectionradio.com. And there is a link there to Boomer products. I have been using them for the last seven years. And when COVID came out, everybody was like horrified with, oh my gosh, you know, what are we going to do? Everybody's dying. You know, one of the big reasons that that happened is people did not know these two numbers. You need to know your vitamin D3 level, and they do not give you that test unless you ask for it when you go in for your physical. That number should be above 70 in order to protect you against um, viruses, bacteria, uh, illnesses that are airborne of any kind. And uh, of course, a lot of people had low vitamin D levels. They didn't know they did. And so then when COVID and our flu is out again this year, when those little germs come into your vicinity, you're going to get them. And if you also don't know of pre-existing conditions, and many people didn't, then they also got sick. Um, so the other number you want to look for is called a C-reactive protein. So CRP is the way the doctors know it. That number should be below 0.5. When I just had my physical done a few weeks ago, my number is a 0.01. So I have no inflammation running around in my body and my vitamin D level is actually 103. So, um, you know, hopefully I'm pretty well armed here for the flu season and for anything else because every disease originates in inflammation. So you wanna keep that inflammation level as low as possible. And again, if you don't know those numbers, ask for your doctor to order that blood work because then you'll know and you'll understand what you need to do in order to get healthy. Once you're healthy, then your emotional well-being is going to fall into place a little bit better. Certainly, you'll have time to think about things like meditation or connecting with your higher powers. And you'll also have um, the ability to maybe learn new things, because if we're not feeling 100 percent, it's pretty hard to say, okay, I want to learn a foreign language or I want to learn how to do this computer program, because your body is going to say, uh-uh. I'm not interested. <laughs> Please find a bed for me to lay down on. So those are really important things just to consider. If uh, you go to their website and you look at their blog, you look at their testimonies, you look at maybe some videos and you decide you want to be a customer. If you just put my name in the discount code, you're going to get $5 off of the order. And, um, you know, I mean, that'll go a little ways into paying for your products. All right. So I have a brand new person with me today. Uh, her name is Michelle Phillips, and she's been named the light lady. 
And I think that's such a cute name because we all emanate light, you know, coming off of our being. But she's been named that by her clients. She's an author, a workshop leader, self-mastery coach. And she explains that she teaches people how to open their minds and hearts by aligning them with their true power, energy, and well-being. Um, she does this also as a holistic approach, which means that you incorporate all aspects of your life. So you're looking at how to reduce stress. Are you exercising? You know, are you getting sufficient sleep? Are you eating a healthy diet? So you're integrating all of that. And then that connects their per, uh, professional as well as their personal life so that they can live their best life, which is what the show is all about. So welcome to the show, Michelle. Thank you so much for having me, Lucy. I'm very excited. So we're going to be talking about having a simpler life today, how to make that happen, because I hear people, as I'm sure you do, talk a lot about their life being so chaotic and they're going in so many directions and they don't even have time to maybe enjoy the moment they're in. Yes, it's so important. And, you know, we have so much synergy between the two of us mm-hmm. because we talked, I remember when we um, did our prequel, we talked about the uh, four legs of a stool, mm-hmm. um, mental, physical, spiritual, emotional well-being. And I use the same analogy in my book, Happiness is a Habit, right? And I ask people to look at their habits and people that are going so fast, it's take that, take five minutes, 10 minutes to say, what are my habits spiritually? What are my habits mentally, emotionally, and physically? And are they leading me in the right direction? Because good habits are just as addictive as bad ones. Oh, yeah. And and once you get a lot of my um, private uh, clients that I work with, um, they don't understand that the brain begins to form a little trench, literally, so that if you have a thought that is, I'm not good enough, you know, just to throw one out there. If you have that thought repeatedly, that trench gets deeper and deeper and deeper. And so it's very difficult for them to think, uh, you know what, maybe I am good enough. Maybe I do have enough abilities. Maybe I am an okay person because the trench is so deep. And you probably have found that too. So often, you know, all of us have that, I always say two voices in our head, right? The, mm-hmm. the voice that is cheering you on and the voice that is telling you you can't. Mm-hmm. So it's always asking my clients, you know, which voice are you giving the most airtime to? Mm-hmm. And I love what you said about the trench. There was a quote that came to mind, an old quote, um, the, the, you know, a rut, you know, when you have a rut, it's the same as the dimensions are the same as a grave, right? Mm-hmm. It's like you start to almost bury yourself in these beliefs that are limiting you. A limiting belief is something that limits you from being all you're meant to be. Right. And once you figure one out, then another one pops up. So it's a lifetime of working on yourself and identifying them and then realizing that a thought is only a, a belief that you keep thinking. And you could change exactly. it. Exactly. There was, I, I don't even know where I heard this. It's been years, but I've always thought it was such a good analogy uh, about a uh, farmer who found his donkey in a well. Do you ever remember hearing that story? I know this one. And um, so, you know, he, he couldn't get the donkey up. There was no way that he could figure out how to do it. So he just, he thought, well, I'm just going to go ahead and bury him. And so he was throwing shovel after shovel after shovel into the well, but the donkey just kept stepping up 
and stepping up. And so eventually he was able to get out of the well. And, you know, I think that's the way we have to be is um, there was another great book for people that were sexual abuse victims mm-hmm. about a rut in the road um, where you kept walking down the same street and falling in the hole and it wasn't your fault. And then eventually um, it's a therapy tool, but eventually you learn to walk down a different street. And so if you're continuing to go down that same street and giving yourself those same messages, it's going to be really difficult to get to a different destination. Oh my gosh. Yes. I love your analogy. I love the donkey story because most of us, when we have a bad habit or we have something we want to change, we want it, you know, overnight, we want magic, the magic pill, (laughs) but like, if you just take the step like the donkey and then another step. So I like to tell people, pick one thing and make it so simple. Make it like, I'm going to eat an apple every day for 90 days, make it so simple. You can't fail. So now 90 days you're eating apples and a habit is something you do without thinking mm-hmm. so every day you're immediately reaching for the apple. And then after that, add walking around the block. Mm-hmm. And if you do, if you only do one simple, simple habit every 90 days in five years, you have 20 powerful, positive habits mm-hmm. that are putting your life on autopilot and it doesn't have to be difficult. So that's what I really want. Um, I want people to set it up so they can't fail. I have a friend who actually, um, I mean, I've never done this because (laughs) I'm a neat Nick, (laughs) so I wouldn't want to have things drawn on my mirror, but she needed to have a visual image every day when she brushed her teeth and combed her hair and put on her makeup. And so all along her mirror edges, she has little messages to herself, like you're an awesome human. And, um, you know, I love the way you smile and you know, it's just little positive messages. And so she kept seeing them day after day after day after day. She didn't have to go someplace and, you know, write them down. And so for her, that really has helped immensely is for her to see the image because she doesn't have, you know, I mean, her dog is not able to verbalize those things. He loves her, but he can't talk to her that way. And she's not married. And so this way, you know, she had these little images that were constantly in her face saying, yes, you can Yes. And in positive psychology or neuroscience, you're, you're rewiring the pathways mm-hmm. and whatever works. If I'm a mirror writer, also I have images. If you saw my office, there's images all over words because I want the reminders everywhere. Mm-hmm. Um, if you're auditory, you can listen to books on tape. You can listen to podcasts like this, you know, but it's constantly, if you take a Tylenol, cause you have a headache or anything, the medicine wears off after a couple hours. It's the same thing with the positivity that's coming into your body, mm-hmm. right? You say a couple affirmations in the morning, you read a book, but the medicine wears off. So if you need another dose at lunch, you take another dose. So that's what I try to tell people, you know, read something every morning that inspires, motivates, or educates you, whether it's in a book, on a book on tape, a podcast written on your mirror, it doesn't matter if it lifts your energy and makes you feel better. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Exactly. When you're working with somebody and they say, I just want to simplify, what's where do you start them? Yeah. So when I work with my clients, what I do initially is I give them a form. Um, I give them a bunch of questionnaire, which has a lot of questions, which are just about their life. What's working? What's not working? What are their goals? So what happens is I ask them to write it in longhand because I'm a, such a believer in when you take paper, you know, pen to paper, you are igniting your senses and you're having more clarity because you're kinesthetically moving your hand, 
you're seeing what you're writing, you're saying it and you're hearing it Mm -hmm. versus typing and all the things popping up and distractions on a computer. So when people write out these answers, they start to gain clarity. Mm -hmm. Some of the questions are repetitive by nature. And then when I get to read them, always themes bubble up. So two or three themes will come up and I'll be like, okay, these are the things we are going to work on. And based on the themes, I don't know if you ever saw the movie, The King's Speech, but I feel like I'm I'm the out of the box coach. I don't follow the same path for, you know, here's the prescription for every client. I'm kind of out of the box. I'm metaphysics meets science. And, you know, once I know what the client needs, then I go into my toolbox and I have so much over 20 years or more of doing this that I'm able to give them exercises, tools, TED talks, whatever the client is needing. And it's, it's like going to the gym for your brain, right? It's watching the TED talk and taking notes, reading this book and taking notes, and then coming back and discussing and trying things on. So that's how I work with my clients. And it's gradual, but I, I mean, I don't, I don't play in quick fix programs. I want you to really make real change in your life so that when I'm not with you anymore, you got this down. Well, I mean, and that's true for people that, you know, like Ozempic right now and uh, Manjura and and a lot of these weight loss medications that were being used for diabetes. And now people are just trying to buy them and self-inject and they're not having any doctor's prescriptions or guidance, Um, but they're so desperate to lose the weight. But if you don't lose weight properly, it's going to come back plus. I mean, and it's your mind too. It's, it's not, I always say it's not just what you're eating. It's what you think about what you're eating. Exactly. So it's plus. that holistic, like you say, approach. I know you know this. Yeah. yeah me. Absolutely. So if somebody were to say again to you, I want to simplify my life and they fill out this little form and you see the pattern, what is the typical pattern? you know, that people are doing and, you know, then maybe step one, step two for those individuals. Yes. It's kind of, it's what you said earlier, people are going so fast and there's, there's this message in our society, unspoken or spoken that if you're going fast and busy, you're important. And, you know, so people are just moving so fast. So the biggest thing is slow down. What's working, what's not working. Let's simplify this. And most times my biggest thing with my corporate clients is their calendar. If you want to simplify their life, I look at their calendar and I'm like, ay, 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 <laughs> nobody can get this done right? There's only two reasons for overwhelm. You're either, most of the time we either have so much to do, we don't know where to start, or we jam things into our calendar, which we physically can't do, right? If I said, Lucy, I'm coming to your house, I'm going to drive. And you are two hours from me. And I say, I'll be there in a half an hour. It's impossible to do that. Yeah. That's what we do in our calendars. People do it all the time. So the first thing I do to simplify is we look at the calendar, what can fall off, what can be delegated, And a lot of times what I find with people is we are the ones making ourselves crazy, Mm -hmm. right? I always say, even to my clients, no, don't make the bed in the morning, save time. The bed police aren't coming, right? If you don't make it, right? So realizing that most of the times we are the ones cramming things on our schedule, making, not giving ourselves time to go from one appointment to the next. So simplifying, gaining control of your calendar will help clear your mind. So um, what's the hardest thing for people to give up? Because I'm envisioning this calendar in my mind and, you know, they've got lunch with uh, Jody and they've got, you know, um, I don't know, an after um, work 
glass of wine with a good friend before, you know, especially if they're single, if they're going home, they've got dinner to do, they've got homework to go over, they've got conversation, hopefully with their spouse, um, maybe a load of laundry to throw in. What do they have the hardest time giving up? I think the biggest thing, the hardest thing they have to give up is that they can't do it all. Mm. I always say you can't do it all, but you can do what's important. Mm-hmm. A lot of times people say yes to things because they it's, it'd be great to be on that project or volunteer, but they really don't have the time. Mm-hmm. So again, you'll, you'll like this. And I know you'll probably believe it. I always ask people to consult their heart and their gut when they yes. make a decision, right? When someone invites you to work on a project or to go out for drinks or come to, you know, whatever, come to their party on the weekend, sit with your body. What does it feel like if I participate in this event? If I go to this party, if it's a full body, yes, then go. If you're only going or saying yes, because you should, then that's where I want people to to pull back. And, you know, with my leadership clients, send a junior person, send someone they'd love to go in your place and be in on the meeting or, you know, just don't go to everybody's baby shower unless you really want to be there. And again, the people that love you understand that we're all busy. Mm-hmm. And we, you know, and with I say with social media, we have so many contacts now that we probably would have never had years ago. So the invitations are many, but really be discerning with the invitations. And the biggest thing I used to write years ago, I remember I, back in the day, I still use a paper calendar. Also, I used to take a highlighter and write the words no over my month at a glance in yellow highlighter. Just so when someone asked me, do I want to, I would look and it would remind me. <laughs> I can say no if I want, right? right? So teaching people that they to give space, you need it. And most people, again, they just keep jamming, jamming, thinking they're going to get to this nirvana and they're just getting more miserable and sicker and more tired and exhausted. Well, in some cases in today's world, um, it's not even so much um, a personal decision because I think, you know, back when people went home, now some people are going back to the offices, but I think when people went home, a lot of employers decided that you could do more with less. You know, they were saving you time from commuting. Um, they were, you know, like there weren't as many office maybe meetings, um, but they were, the expectation was that, oh, you can handle this too. And so people began to get kind of frantic. And I'm running into that with people who say, my boss thinks I can do anything and everything and they're just not enough hours. And then how do you stand up and, and maybe assert those kind of healthy boundaries? So yeah, it's really you, important to teach people to speak up yeah. and you know, say, speak your truth with grace. Yes. And, you know, not see it as weakness that you can't do, a, you know, trying to do a million things at once is just a recipe for disaster. Mm-hmm. Being able to say, here are the three projects I have on my plate. Which ones would you like me to focus on this week? Yes. Most bosses I work with are very reasonable. I work at a scientific um, company in Baltimore and they run these experiments and they just, they, there's all hours of the night and they're working really hard. And, and it's like a week long of these experimental runs. But the head of the facility says to me sometimes when they say they're too crazy, I say, who made the schedule? Oh, I made the schedule. Well, then change it, right? Don't make yourself crazy. So again, the, the again, if your leader, if your boss is a reasonable person, they will be reasonable with you. Mm-hmm. But if you keep saying yes and doing it, then they think you can handle it. Exactly. So it's again, it's knowing your boundaries, knowing that you not, knowing not being able to do everything is not 
does not diminish who you are and your importance and your value. And, you know, these are all bigger issues. Uh You could go to your boss and say, you know, I'm doing a really good job here, but I need help here. Uh Right. That's growth. And then again, if here's the thing too, if your boss doesn't get it, then no, I always say to my clients, there's no chains on your feet, right? There are good people everywhere and there are good bosses everywhere. You know, the bad ones always get the headlines, but, you know, look for another position in the company, look for something else. Um, because reasonable look for somebody who listens. Yeah. yeah, because of so many people, um, I always tell people they have one mouth and two ears. And so they need to learn to listen twice as much as they speak. And most people, unfortunately, want to respond and they stop listening. So I hold that thought for just a minute. Well, you're going to be right back after a word from our sponsor. Are you feeling stressed and anxious about life? Have elevated blood pressure? Experiencing weight gain? Having problems with your immune system? Getting healthy and staying healthy is more important than ever. And it has never been easier when you have fundamental nutrition from Boomer products. Restore the youth and vitality you are used to in just minutes a day. Check out our website at www.boomerboost.com to see thousands of reviews from customers just like you who are benefiting from Boomer products. While you're there, check out our podcasts, blogs, and videos, and get caught up on the latest health news and information. Use promo code LUCY at checkout. That's L-U-C-Y to save $5 on your order. Stop existing and start living today with Boomer products. Welcome back to the Synergy Connection Show, where I have as my guest, Michelle Phillips, and we're talking about simplifying your life. Um, And I think probably everybody would love to do that. So um, what is the biggest success, you know, that you can think of from people that were able to take your advice, you know, learn how to maybe just breathe and, um, you know, go sit in the grass. If you don't have fire ants, we have fire ants down here. So you want to do that. But I mean, go and just learn how to be in the moment. Yeah, it's always so rewarding when a client you know, I always say, I don't give you anything you don't already have. I just affirm that it's possible, you know? So I've had clients get published, you know, create great works of art, get promotions, you know, get married. It's, it's, they're all over the, you know, all over the chart, mm-hmm. but the, the fabulous thing is when the client gets it, oh my gosh, I'm the one getting in my way. Right. So often it's easy to blame the boss, blame the environment, the company, the parents, you name whoever we could find to blame, But when the client says, oh my gosh, it's me that's getting in my own way. And now I have a path. It doesn't mean you always stay on the path, right? Like, you know, we tend to, we're on course, off course, but it's really, and the thing about making it easy and simplifying that I love to talk to my clients too, is I always say, add, don't subtract. A lot of times when we're trying to change things, we're not going to eat cookies or we're not going to do this, or we're not going to stay after six o'clock. I'm like, no, no, add things that are good for you. Mm-hmm. And the more good things you add, the unhealthy and the better ha- the habits, they end up falling away mm-hmm. because when you start adding things that are working. You realize, oh, this, why am I still doing this? You know, why am I not getting a good night's sleep? Or why am I, you know, eating all these cookies when I've been working out every day? So you know, the thing with my clients, I'm like, don't change anything. Just add one good habit. And now let's add another one. And then again, thinking the way you think is a habit. So that's the biggest thing we work on is I always say to my clients a couple times during the day, I want you to ask yourself, how am I feeling? And am I happy with my results? If you're feeling energized and good and you're happy with your results, 
you're doing great. If not, take a pause. Mm-hmm. What have I been focused on? What have I been doing? How's my fight and flight? You know, and then make those adjustments where I think most people just dig in and work harder mm-hmm. instead of taking that step back. So it's nature has a pace on, you know, I'm in New York, it's fall now, right? So it's, we're, you know, everything's going to go dormant and everything's going to slow down, but we're supposed to do that too. Right. As humans, we're supposed to slow. We always want to be in spring and summer and, mm-hmm. and achieving, but sometimes just, you know, read the book, go sit on the grass. And the clients, I was with the client ones, we were laying um, on this grass, looking up at the clouds. We went on a hike. We did a um, happiness is a habit hike. And we were just laying there. And she said to me, oh my gosh, I cannot remember the last time I laid on the grass and just looked up at the clouds. Really? So it's, Taking the time for these things, the time for things that seem so simple, but they just reset them as kids, you know, because then time, I mean, we were, couldn't wait until we had, I can speak for myself, but when I was nine years old, I couldn't wait until I was 10 because I had two numbers. (laughs) And then when I was 15, I couldn't wait until I was 16 so I could drive. And we're always waiting, you know, to get a little bit older so we can do things and then there comes a point where you go, oh, I'm, I want to put the brakes on. <laughs> yes. And Lucy, so funny. When I was a younger person, I used to look at my older cousins and aunts and uncles and say, oh, I can't wait till I'm adult because they have no problems. <laughs> where was my, that was my thinking. It's so funny. <laughs> they just look like they had it all together. Right. Exactly. Oh my goodness. Um, I did a workshop a number of years ago and, you know, people that are grownups, don't usually play unless they're playing with their grandchildren or a child. But in this particular workshop, I brought in um, the bubble machines and little uh, water pistols and just things that people could play with silly putty crayons. Yes. And I just said, okay, for 35, 40 minutes, pick your toy or toys and go play. And it was amazing how many people had sort of forgotten this. Like, what do I do with this? How do I, you know? We are such birds of a feather. I always put little tiny um, Play-Dohs on my, when I do training classes and people come up with the most beautiful things that they just, but they just, everyone just immediately opens a Play-Doh and has so much fun. Mm-hmm. In my forties, I had a birthday party. I don't remember what year it was, but I did, we did pin the glasses on the Barbie and we did a hot potato game. And I tried to, and pinata, I had a group of adults all playing kids games at my birthday party, which was so I fun. Bet- they had the best time ever. Yes, it was. It was just fun. So it is remembering to play. And me, I'm serious. I'm deep. I need them. I'm the one that needs that. My husband is the one who makes me laugh. And I like to analyze everything and, you know, be very deep. So, so he, pull, he pulls you out of it. Yeah. Exactly. Back to the childhood. <laughs> um, but yeah, that I mean, it's such an interesting thing. Like if I gave you a Jack set. I'm not sure that I even remember exactly. I used to play it as a kid. Um, oh my gosh, I bring not, such good memories. Yeah, but I, I, you know, hopscotch, you know, we see those. So I happen to live in a 55 plus community now. And I've had to really chuckle because it's like the grownups that are here are reverting back to trying to remember how to play, but they're injuring themselves because they're going, <laughs> you know, whole hog into pickleball. And so now they've got knee injuries and, you know, foot injuries and shoulder injuries. And so it's finding that balance, you know? And I think as I look at the, you know, as we age, it's 
finding the substitute, right? So if maybe if you can't run anymore, you bike. And then when you can't bike anymore, you know, so it's, you know, there's electric bikes. My, I have 80 friends in their eighties that go on, you know, on their electric bikes. Um, I still like chalk. I like to draw. So I have sidewalk chalk and sometimes I like making just fun messages on the sidewalk in front of my house. So when people walk by, it says, make it a great day or smile or something silly, but it gives me pleasure to go out there and play on the sidewalk. So yeah, there's so many ways we can simplify our life. And I think when I talk to my clients that have kids, you know, I'll say, what do you do for fun? I always ask my, whenever I meet anyone new, I say, what do you do when you're not working? Because I really want to know hobbies. Mm-hmm. And some people say, oh, I have kids. I don't have any free time. <laughs> right. So it's fine. Find the fun in whatever it is you're doing. Like the jacks. Oh my gosh. You brought such a good memory. I have can't remember the last time I played with a set of jacks to go to the store and get a set. <laughs> yes. So it, it's out there. And I think the biggest thing is, you know, where are we all rushing to? Like you said, at some point you want to slow the clock down and really, you know, taking the time to eat your lunch, move away from your, I mean, simple things like that. Like I tell my clients, go outside, right. You know, take a walk. And even if, um, we were talking, I was talking to a client once he had to put someone wasn't doing their job. I'm like, instead of putting them on a performance improvement, improvement plan, take a, take them for a walk, ask them what's going on help them versus hurt them, Uh you know, know, figure out the next step in their career path. So taking your lunches, taking your breaks, these sounds so ABC, but people don't do it. You know, one of the things that I learned about 25 years ago now from another therapist, um, he was a PhD and uh, he mentioned this to me and I have used it with uh, families and with uh, individuals ever since, because How often does a parent say to a child or an adult say to another adult, why? Why did blah, blah, whatever it is. And the minute our brain hears the word why, we go into defense posture. Mm. So if you learn to ask, they're referred to as journalistic questions. If you say, what happened? How did you arrive at that decision? What makes you think that's a good idea? But if you ask a short question beginning with what, when, where, who, and how, then you don't go on to any other you know, explanation or dissertation or anything else. You just ask that one little question and then you get quiet and you listen. And the other person, if it's a child, they'll often go, I don't know, you know, that's it. And you go, you know, I bet you do know. Let's think about this again. What? And you just start over with that same question. How? When? And you ask it again. And if they still say, I don't know, you know, I say, well, let's just sit here and think about it for a little bit. And pretty soon they'll start talking, but they're not used to being able to talk about it. They're used to defending their position. Oh, so interesting. I didn't know that. So I learned something. I like that. Yeah, that's just a really cool technique. And it diffuses like in relationships between adults. It oftentimes diffuses because the other person is always thinking you don't listen. Hmm. And this way, you know, it forces them in a way to listen. Because yeah, and it goes that. back to what you said before about practicing the using your two years, right? And opening people up. And it does, I think we make it too complicated. Um, The other thing that is still in my brain from before about making your life simpler is the easy button that I think we talked Uh about in the prequel. 
I, I give all my clients an easy button from Staples and I just want people to amplify what's going, what's easy in your life. Because as adults, we tend to forget that so much of our life is easy, right? If you're living in a, you know, your house and you have a car and you've got clothes and you have food on the table, it's like, you know, so my husband and I, you know, we make dinner, we hit the easy button. That was easy. We wash the dishes. That was easy. Load the dishwasher. That was easy. Like you make it so funny and simple that you realize that usually there's so many things that are easy and going right, but there's one thing going wrong. And that's what we spend all our time thinking about and ruminating and, I Googled the word ruminate recently and I loved it. It was the Latin word ruminare or something. It was to chew cud, Uh think of a cow just chewing, you know? So I want people to amplify that. There's so much that that's so easy in your life that's going right. So instead of amplifying what's hard, amplify what's going right. And then you'll see, you could, you could start to simplify. Well, and you know, that's the premise behind gratitude exercises is I do have people do uh, what I call give me five. So before they get wake up totally in the morning, if they're laying in bed or sitting on the edge of the bed, think about five things that they either are looking forward to that day or five things that they're grateful for. You know, whatever that might be. Uh, they had a good night's sleep. They're going to talk to maybe their child. Uh, they're going to go out for dinner with a friend. They are listening to a bird sing outside. They just, I have one of my totem animals are dragonflies and I always have them all around me. And so having, um, you know, seeing a dragonfly, listening to, you know, maybe uh, I have, this is really funny. I have a lizard that is living on my lanai and I've named him Pierre. Oh, I love it. Because it, he's there all by himself. You know, there's other lizards outside, but he's there alone. And so I was laughing with a friend the other day and I said, I think I need to get him a little Christmas hat for Christmas time. <laughs> sounds like the, the Geico. Uh, yeah, where, do you, where do you get a gift? But I love what you said too about the gratitude. And I love how you called it. Give me five. I've never heard it put that way. So I love that. And it's, I think with people, it's really getting them to try it on. I'm like, promise me you're going to try this on for 30 days mm-hmm. because it seems so simple. People don't take it serious. Um, Sonia Luberminski, I'm not sure if I'm saying her name, wrote, she wrote The How of Happiness. Mm-hmm. And when she got to the gratitude chapter, she's kind of, you know, pessimistic scientist researcher. And she's like, oh, this is going to be silly. But when she actually did the exercise, she goes, oh, I felt better. Mm-hmm. So I think people tend to poo poo it before. And I don't you know, try it on first, right? Mm-hmm. You try it on for 30 to 90 days and then we'll talk about it. So I right. love it. Give me five. And all you have to do, and I, I purposely do not watch the news very often for this mm-hmm. reason, because it's so, uh, it pulls you down so much. Um, but all you have to do is look around you. Like here in Florida, we had a hurricane a couple of weeks ago that did a lot of damage up north of me. Last year, literally to this day, a year ago, Hurricane Ian came in and destroyed a lot of Fort Myers, Venice, uh, Sanibel, Captiva. So, I mean, those people, their lives are not back on track yet. They, They won't be for probably years to come. And so we have so much to be grateful for. Look at the you know, immigration issue and, uh, you know, the people that are crossing the border and dying, trying to get to us. So I think, um, you know, learning to really look at what we do have in that simplification. And if you have more stress, then you have things to be grateful for. 
you know, start deleting those items that are stressful. <laughs> and it's a focus, right? The law of focus, whatever you focus on gets bigger. Mm-hmm. So when you watch the news every night. It seems like, you know, even during COVID people would say, everyone's dying. I'm like, no, everyone's not. Some people are, mm-hmm. right? But again, that, you know, we use these sweeping generalities and, you know, I'm not, you know, I don't live under a rock. I understand there's things going on in the world, mm-hmm. but again, the, the media amplifies the negative. And I always call it the doom and gloom report. But I say, instead of watching the doom and gloom report, let's look at the out the window report, mm-hmm. right? Because if I look out my window, there's some guy walking his dog and there's some turkeys crossing the road, right? And the out the window report is always usually better it than is. what's on my TV screen. It is. And, you know, I think, unfortunately, a number of years ago, um, the news changed. And yeah. they found that those that reported the most horrific things had more listeners, and those that were reporting, you know, good things had fewer listeners. Yeah, well, I am, I will tell you, I'm working with Ernie Anastas in New York. He's an icon here, um, radio, TV, mm-hmm. and he started a TV show. I'm giving him a plug uh, called Positively Ernie. It's um, positive news you can use. It's on Sunday mornings on WPIX. So I don't know who gets that. Um, and He's on 200 different stations and I do his radio show very often on Sundays, but he's really Let's talk about what's going right. Let's talk about positive news you can use. And it's really, I hope there's more of these, you know, out there. Oh, I do too. Um, do you remember the name Charles Corral? Mm, it sounds familiar, but I don't, can't place it. He did. Oh. It was kind of like a road less traveled in some ways concept okay. because he was afraid of flying. So he used to take a motorhome everywhere that he went, but he wanted to do the back roads and really meet the people, not just be. Uh, Oh yeah. I remember him now. Yes. Yeah. And so there was always something positive. If you watched his show, something that you could learn about maybe the history of that area or that little community and what they, you know, were all about. So um, that's part of it. We have to go back in and find enthusiasm for life today and look at what is right, not what is wrong. Uh, what can you do in your little area? Because we can't change the whole world. But because we are vibrational frequencies, we can change everything right around us. Yes, I always say focus on what you control and stop giving your energy to things you don't control mm-hmm. and realize that you are emanating a signal and you are making a difference, right? And there is so much more um you know, computers aren't going away. The speed, you know, the speed of information is getting faster, but it's instead of just going fast with it, realizing like, how can I manage it? Like technology is great when you're the master, not the slave. Exactly. Well, our show is already over. That was so fun. (laughs) We had a lot of fun. Um, Other than Michelle at key2unlock.com, is there any other place you want people to go to get hold of you? Yeah, on my website. So just let me say it's www key to unlock. It's the number two, K-E-Y, the number two, U-N-L-O-C-K.com. If you want my five um, super habits for you know re-energizing your life, you can get that by signing on my mailing list or Instagram. I'm at key performance, which all my information is there as well. So please, I would love to connect with everybody. All right. Thank you so much for being my guest. Thank you, Lucy. This was so fun. Oh, thank you. Uh, And everybody, please go out there and make this your very best life. Uh, Contact Michelle for sure and see if she can help you simplify your life. Thanks, everyone. See you next time. 
Boomers Forever Young is really making a name for themselves as an exciting nutritional company with products that really work. People from all over the country are starting to take notice. Their whole person approach to health and wellness, combined with their unique array of powerful natural health products, are setting them apart from all the other companies in the nutrition industry. Their customers love the one-on-one -on -one free consultations and the results they experience. Sound a little too good to be true? Then go online to boomerboost.com today and sign up for a free consultation with a product specialist or just give us a call at 1-800-861-4609. Again, that's boomerboost.com or call 1-800-861-4609 to join the thousands already experiencing the benefits of Boomers Forever Young products.